0: Can I be honest with you this morning? Is that right? Um, I don't think I can do this today just to be honest with you. So let's pray. Father God, I ask right now that you would fill this space with your presence and that you would move in our midst. Father, speak to us through your word. Open our ears to hear so that we may listen to your direction and we may follow. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I say that because as we've gone on this journey the last few weeks and we've looked at our purpose, not just individually, but as a church, and then last week we looked at his plan for us. I uh, entered the week and spent the majority of the week this week with you walking with walking through life. Those of you who are struggling with issues, the whole the whole spectrum, whether it 's family issues, health issues, job issues we i 've covered all the bases this week, and just bottom line. There's a lot of people that are hurting in this world. And 98% of the time I can handle it. But there are times when you just can't deal with it. You ever been there? You feel like there's no reason to get up? You might as well give up? because you just can't do it anymore. Anyone been there? So then I find that today's discussion all the more important. So as we look at our issue for the morning, I'm fully aware of your issues. And I know my issues. Therefore, I completely understand and firmly believe with all of my heart that God has a word for us this morning. So I would challenge you to open your ears and listen. And just to be honest with you, I can't do it, so I'm going to let God speak through me. And If anybody has a problem with it, you know where to go. You can go to Jesus. Let me remind you that to understand our study that we've been on, or we are right in the middle of, we're right now in week three of eight. We're in week three of six of our lunch discussions, so we're right at the midpoint of our discussions on direction as a church. So to understand, to get a deep understanding of what we're doing, you need to go to Bible study in the morning. That's important where you study the meat of the text. We're we're looking at Revelation 1 through 3. Today you looked at the church at Smyrna. But to draw complete application to what we're doing big picture as a church, you need to stay for lunch and come back in here for discussion. It's important. All that we're doing during the worship service is setting the table for a deeper relationship with Jesus. The Sunday sermon, as I've told you, every week should never be the meat and potatoes that you depend on for your survival through the week. That's what Bible study is for. That's what community is for. So I encourage you, take what you can now and bridge the gap to what comes next. So just a little catch you up to speed if you've been out of pocket. Week one, we introduced our study, Revelation 1 through 3. We looked at the purposes of the church. Remember? To glorify God, make disciples, and to impact our community. And then at lunch, we talked about, as a church, our rich history. And then our situation that we find ourselves in right now as it pertains to those three purposes. Last week, we looked at Christ's plan for us. During the Bible study hour, you looked at the church of Ephesus. Remember the commands he gave the church to restore their love? Remember, repent, and do what you did at first. That's what you looked at in your Bible study hour. And then during worship, we talked about how to discern God's plan for our lives and our church as we are obedient in selflessly loving one another and seeking after His kingdom as He directs our steps. We had a great discussion about that last week. So today, I'm going to ask you a question. What would our church look like if the presence of God invaded our lives and our space? What would Barren Cross look like if the presence of God invaded our life and our space? How would it be different? If you looked at your study this morning, you jumped off in Revelation chapter 2 as the letter to the church at Smyrna began. Anyone know how it began? The words of the... Right, but what did the angel say? The words of the first and the last who died and came to life. The Lord Jesus began His letter... By referring to Himself as what? The first and the last. Jesus reassured the church that He would be with them and encourage them to persevere. Encourage them to persevere. In Scripture, we see clearly that there was nothing in this world or anywhere in the universe that could separate believers from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 tells us this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. You ever feel like that? Just one thing on top of another. All day long we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some of you have been through it all. And how quickly we forget the truth found in Scripture that there is absolutely nothing in this world that can separate us from the love of Jesus. There's absolutely nothing that can come against you or the world can do to you that could separate you from God's love. Absolutely nothing. And we're also reminded in Scripture that Jesus gets it. The junk that you're dealing with in your life, He gets it. You see, we think sometimes or we know that our life is messed up, don't we? Raise your hand if your life is messed up. All right? If your hand's not up, we need to talk. You've either figured it out and you need to show me how or you're forgetting something. Life is messy, is it not? And we think, church, we think that we have to cover up the mess, don't we? And let's just make it clear, okay? If you think this is a place where we cover up messes, it's not. This is a place where you walk in bleeding and hungry and hurt. And we come together and we patch and mend our wounds and lift each other up and spur each other on. Why? Because Jesus gets it. He gets your problems. He gets your struggles. He understands what we're going through, and He offers help. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Here's the difference. He's been tempted to the full extent because he didn't sin. My friend, we're weak, and we give in, don't we? We give in to the temptations of the world, but Jesus persevered to the fullest extent. And he made it through. He gets it. He understands. So regardless of the obstacles that we come across, my friends, Christ gives us a clear promise through his word. And I want you to write this down. I don't want you to ever forget this. The clear promise found in the word of God from Jesus. Jesus promised that his presence would sustain you. His, pro- His presence will sustain you regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the struggles that you have in your life. Whether you work with a bunch of knuckleheads, or you just cannot get your health together, or you have marriage issues, whatever your problems are, Jesus gives you a promise through His Word. My presence will sustain you. My presence will give you the strength you need to make it today. If only, though, we would recognize that we desperately need Him and can turn to Him for help. I know you have problems. You know how I know? Because you tell me about them. Because you tell me. You give me a call. Or you send me a text. You show up at the door. And I'm honored. But my friends, I can't fix your problems. There's only one person who can. And if only we would recognize that in the midst of our struggle, if we would only turn to Jesus that He would provide the help that we need? Why do you think He concluded His messages by urging? Remember these messages to the churches. That at the end of each one, He says what? Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. If we would only recognize Almighty God's presence right where we are, it will revolutionize not only our lives, but our ministry impact as a church. But we have to understand something in order to let him change, drastically change the way we live, the way we move, and the things that we do. We have to understand that Christ's presence makes all the difference. Jesus' presence in your life makes all the difference. Here's why, okay? I'm going to give you six reasons Christ's presence makes a difference and why it should make a difference, not only in your life, but in the life of our church. Christ's presence makes all the difference. Here's why. Number one, Christ's presence reflects a relationship unfortunately too often we settle for religion rather than relationship churches become religious institutions instead of living instead of the living active body of christ jesus doesn't desire your attendance at church i really want you to check the box when you go to bible study so i know that you're here but it's not about checking a box. It's not about filling a blue chair. Coming together here is not about religion and singing a song and passing the plate and whether or not you wear a tie or a suit. Coming here is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And until we get that right, we're way off base, guys. Jesus desires a relationship with you. Listen to this, Revelation 3:20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, and I will eat with him, and He with me. There is no greater opportunity that we have than to share a meal with somebody, right? That's when we get intimate, and we eat, and we share life with each other. And Jesus says in Scripture, I'm standing here, and I'm knocking. Open the door, please. Because I want to come in, and I want to share life with you. I want to eat with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to get to know you as a person. Taking time to eat with somebody is significant. Sharing life over a meal is incredible. And Jesus wants that opportunity with you. My friend, adding your name to a member role is extremely easy. And I hope and pray that our Bible study classes practice open enrollment. Do you guys know what open enrollment is? Here's an education guy coming out, all right? Open enrollment means that you can enroll in a class at any time, any place, okay? So, James, you go to lunch. I hope you stay here for lunch. So let's say tomorrow you go to lunch with somebody. And you say, you know what? I teach, a, I teach a Bible study on Sunday mornings. Would you like to come and visit? I want to add you to the member role. And you can get information on our class, and we'll pray for you and encourage you and lift you up. And you know what? Even though that person has never set foot in our church... They can enroll in our Sunday school class on Sunday morning. That's what open enrollment is about. Sunday school teachers, if you have a visitor show up for your class on Sunday morning, I hope and pray you ask them to join your class. Because it's as simple as writing their name down, getting some information, and they're a member of your class. Becoming a member of a group is simple enough, right? It's easy. Now, accepting a new family member is a little more difficult, right? Has anyone accepted a new person into their family? That's a little more complicated, is it not? Whether it's adoption or marriage. Hopefully, it'll be a long, 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 long long time before we add another member to our family through marriage. And there will be an extreme vetting process when it comes to that. But it's more difficult, right? It's more difficult. But Jesus specifically wants and desires a relationship with you. We see all through Scripture that He desires to come in and eat with us and fellowship with us and not only become a friend, but also a member of His family become a child of God, a co-heir of Him with grace. Christ's presence reflects a relationship. We're not here to practice a religion. We're here to have a relationship with the risen Lord and Savior of the world. What an incredible opportunity we have. Every Sunday when we gather together and worship the Savior who wants a relationship with you. But not just a relationship, maybe because of a relationship, Christ's presence also brings joy in our life. Psalm 1611 tells us, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When a church loses its joy, that's a sign that it's lost its focus. When people understand that Christianity is about a loving, life-changing relationship with Christ, they experience divine joy even while enduring life's most difficult circumstances. Did you hear that? Even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances you could ever experience in your life, The difference is with Christ, He will sustain you and give you a joy to persevere. There is absolutely nothing that this world could do to you or take away from you that could rob you of the joy that's found in Jesus. It's not about a checkbook, it's not about a job status, it's not about a loved one, it's about Jesus. And he brings true joy in our lives. A relationship with him brings a joy that lasts forever, as Psalm 16 tells us. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Wow. Let's take that last phrase. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And let's walk down the street and say, you know what? I want to give you a promise. I'm going to promise you that I can help you find pleasures that will last forever. And it's right here in the palm of my hand. What would our society say? Sign me up, right? That's all we want, right? That's what we pursue, right? Oh, come on, guys. That's what we're after. We're after pleasure, right? Whatever makes us happy, content, That's what we want. I'm going to eat what what tastes good. I'm going to do what makes me feel good, regardless of the consequences. We have an opportunity to share with the world true joy and pleasure that lasts forever through a relationship with Jesus Christ. His presence makes all the difference. Not only does it bring joy, but it also transforms our service. Christ's presence transforms our service. Serving Christ is a high honor and one that should bring enormous joy and satisfaction in our life. John 12, 26 tells us, If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Serving Christ provides an opportunity for us To do something incredible. To lock hands with Jesus. And to make an impact on our world. Locking arms and hands and bringing honor not just to Him, but to us. The Creator of the world wants to honor us as we serve alongside Jesus Christ. What an incredible opportunity we have as we serve one another in the world. Through the presence of Jesus Christ. Christ's presence. Changes the way we serve. Not only does it, through a relationship with Jesus, does it bring us true joy? But it also brings peace. Philippians chapter 4 tells us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts... And your minds in Christ Jesus. See, this is the issue that I've had this week. This joy and peace have been difficult. But scripture is clear. That peace and joy cannot be taken through a relationship with Jesus. And as a staff, we looked at the life of Job this week. Y'all know Job, right? And we're reminded, me personally, I could lose my money. I could lose my health. I can lose my job. You know what? I could even lose my family. But no one can remove Christ's presence from me in my life. Unfortunately, we let one of those things get in the way, don't we? We let our money get in the way. We let our health get in the way. We let our job get in the way. And yes, sometimes we let our family get in the way. And distract us from that true joy and peace we find in Jesus Christ. The incredible thing is, is we focus on one of those areas and get distracted from Jesus. And it throws everything off, doesn't it? Let's focus on Jesus and the joy and the peace that he provides. And the incredible thing is, everything falls in line. Our relationships with our family, our health, our job status, and our financial situation. And even if they don't, Jesus is always there to sustain us through. Incredible. Um... There have been examples of, I've been reminded, let's keep going. All right, Christ's presence brings peace. It brings peace. You can display this in your life. Let me just say that. That regardless of the, what the world throws at you, you can show the world that Jesus makes the difference through how you respond. And you know what? Your response makes a difference because people see it. Because I've seen it. And it's incredible. It's incredible. Christ's presence brings peace, but Christ's presence also brings focus. What if we operated daily? What if you lived your life daily in the fact that Christ was triumphantly ruling on his throne? Do you think about that when you wake up in the morning? Jesus is on his throne today, and I'm going to live my life. Believing that and knowing that His power is working in me. What if church, what if we operated like that on a daily basis? That Christ is sitting on the throne and He has all the power. And He's offering that to us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight... Every sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What if we focused more on Christ and what he was doing in us and in our church than on the activity of our people? You see, instead of focusing all the issues of life that we struggle with, what if we set our eyes on Jesus and resolve today to run the race to the best of our abilities, setting aside the sin and all the things that drag us down and focusing on Jesus and running with all of our heart toward the king who sits on the throne. Wow, what an incredible focus we have. What an incredible mission The difference between a successful company and a failing company is one with incredible focus and dedicated mission. You look at athletics, those programs who succeed and those who don't, are focused, they have attention, and they operate together to accomplish a goal. How successful could we be if we locked eyes with Jesus and ran to Him, not just individually but as a church, allowing His power and His Spirit to function in and through us to do incredible things for the world. That's what we're calling us to do, church. As we gather together this morning, as we study, Jesus is calling us out to do an incredible work Our challenge is to lay aside that sin that clings so closely, to lock eyes with Jesus, and to run with endurance the race that is set before us. Yes, it's going to be painful. Yes, it's going to be difficult. But it's worthwhile. And he will give us the strength to sustain us in everything we need. What an incredible journey it could be if we locked arms together, set our eyes on Jesus, and ran the race and ran the race. Here's the problem. Jesus also does something else. His presence in and through our lives also brings something else. And it's an add-on that we like to tack on, later, because we don't like to hear it. It's not quite a four-letter word, but some of us treat it like one. And that is accountability. Christ's presence, a relationship with Jesus, brings joy. We love to hear that. It transforms our service. It provides peace. It gives us a renewed focus, but it also brings about accountability. What do you mean by that, and why do you say that? Tuck your feet in. Here we go. We hear repeatedly, repeatedly, in Revelation 1 through 3, in his letters to the seven churches, that one word, and that is repent. Have y'all read it? The angel says, repent. Why does he say repent? Hannah? Because they did something wrong, right? Kiddos? You ever have your parents say, tell you to go tell someone that you're sorry for what you did? Yeah, that happens time to time, because we do something wrong. Why does he say repent? Because they sinned against God, plain and simple. And the only remedy for sin is what? Repentance. Exactly. Now, here's where we are, though, as a people. We like to minimize sin, don't we? We could raise hands and say, how many of you minimize your sin? Well, we're not going to do that because we should all raise our hands. We do. We struggle with that. We justify our actions. We make excuses for what we do, right? Well, that's just how I am. Well, they deserved it, and they got what they deserved. Or they shouldn't have pulled out in front of me, and I wouldn't have taken a baseball bat to their car, you know? Those things happen, and we justify our actions. But that doesn't change the fact that a lot of times what we do is called sin, and we need to repent, and we need cleansing through Jesus. Now, my friends, as we take this next step in the journey, um, let me be clear with you. Church membership, or being a church member, attending Burying Cross, um, you can't just get too busy to spend time with God. You hear with me, Christian? That's not an excuse. Your daily time with Jesus, because remember, he wants a relationship with you. So spending time with him every day in relationship, you can't make an excuse and say, you know what, I just got too busy. I didn't have time. Now, guess what? That happened to me this week because I, I love to start my day in the word of God. But things happen, right? Right? And then you turn around and it's 10 o'clock at night and you're opening your Bible and you're like reading the Word. And you, th- and you think, or I did this week, man, I could have really used that at 7 o'clock this morning. You can't make an excuse for spending time with God, you can't just get too busy. In essence, you forsake meeting time with your Savior. And in reality, you need to repent. Uh, My friend, you don't just fail to follow through in your commitment to the church. You break a promise to God. Now, I understand something. Life gets hectic and busy. But if you're a member of Bearing Cross, and let's just lay the standard, okay? Becoming a member of a body of Christ means, you know what? I'm going to go all in to further God's kingdom here. And I'm going to use my talents, gifts, and abilities, resources to help the church take the next step. And so you failing to do that as a member of Bearing Cross uh, is in essence not you breaking a promise to me or leadership, but it's you breaking a promise to God because you come before the church and you say, I'm going to contribute to this body. And guys, you don't need rededication. You need to repent. In essence, if Christianity were simply a matter of being religious, we could just try harder. We could wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm going to try harder this week. But because we're accountable to the head, to Jesus Christ, we need to repent of our sin when we forsake him. Because in essence, choosing something else over Jesus is sin, right? That's placing an idol above him. That's worshiping idols. We read the Old Testament and we laugh at them because they did silly things. But what's funny is we do the same thing. We just don't have that statue in our house. We place other things above Jesus. And I know it's hard and you don't want to hear this and I don't want to tell you this. But we need to repent. We need to repent. And draw near to God. And reaffirm our commitment to the church. In essence, it's Christ to whom we're accountable. And Jesus expects obedience regardless of how others treat us. We do this, don't we? We go to church and we get upset by somebody or something. I promise you it happens. We get our feelings hurt. Ben did not play the right song. Church lasted too long. They had the wrong kind of food. we are not doing the things I want to do. We get upset and we leave, don't we? Or we step aside and you're like, I don't like the way they're doing things. So I'm going to quit going. What's the problem? Remember how I said a few minutes ago, becoming a, getting on a member role is easy, but joining a family is more difficult? And in essence, my friend, if Jesus has called you to this church, just like He did when He called and changed your life and you accepted Him as Savior, if He has called you to bearing cross, only He can send you away. Do you hear me? There is nothing that anyone in this room could do to you that should cause you to leave. Because when you make a commitment before this church and before Jesus that you're going to go all in at bearing cross, only he can send you somewhere else. So when we have issues, where do we take them? First, we need to go to Jesus and make sure we're right. And then we work on each other that's what we're here for. My friend, one day we'll give an account to Christ for our actions, whether good or bad. Second Corinthians chapter 5 tells us, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what, is, what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. When our days are done on this earth and we stand before Jesus, In that moment, he's going to ask you a question. Did you do what I asked you to do? Did you do what I asked you to do? And there's no excuses or explanations that's going to work. It's either yes or no. My friend, we've gone through a process that has been difficult. I've been put in positions that are uncomfortable. But my objective has remained the same from day one. Do exactly what Jesus is telling me to do. Because he's the one that I'm going to be held accountable to. And so when we come to topics like this that are difficult, and we go through processes that we've gone through the last few weeks, and we ask hard questions, I've been here for these discussions. I see your faces when I ask you a question, and I watch you squirm in that blue chair when I wait for you to provide an answer. It's not comfortable, but it's needed. Because we want to not please ourselves, but to please King Jesus in and through our lives. So in that moment when we stand before the Father, how will you answer that question? Did you do what I asked you to do? See, my friend, Christ's presence is an extremely practical reality. Because Christ is present in your life, you shouldn't have to worry about your finances You have no reason to be anxious about the challenges you face today. You can enter the future with confidence because Jesus' presence changes everything. And His presence will sustain you. His presence makes all the difference. You hear that, church? As a church, bearing cross, if we allow His presence to invade our space, we don't have to worry about the bottom line of our budget, We don't have to worry about the struggles of today. We can look to the future with confidence because we know that his presence in us, in our midst, makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference. So my friends, it's really up to you. Are you doing what Jesus is asking you to do? Are you being obedient? We need you. This church needs you. We need your influence in this community. We need your gifts and abilities to make Baring Cross be the church that God has called it to be. We need you. So are you listening, And are you going to do what Jesus is calling you to do today? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you give us the strength that we need. And that we hear this message this morning, and we... I know I become overwhelmed because the struggle is real. It is real. And it is hard to live for you. So God, help us to never forget that you are all that we need and that you will sustain us through any circumstance that we come across, any situation we find ourselves in. And as we deal with the junk of our lives, Father, I pray that you will fill us with your spirit and help us to lean into you. Father, help us to be obedient and respond when you call us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.